I wouldn't um, say that it's an easy process to go through, but let's be honest, like certifying as a B Corp is not easy. And, and we don't, we, we sort of celebrate the fact that it's not easy because it's meant to be hard. Like it is um, meant to sort of really showcase leaders that are doing extraordinary things. Hello and welcome to the Meaningful Business Podcast. I'm Peter Sianovich, Deputy Editor at Hot Topics and your host. Together, we're finding out how businesses and their leaders champion purpose, people and planet alongside profit. And in the process, how to define and lead a meaningful business. This episode's guests are Charmian Love, Chair and Co-Founder of WeLab UK, and its Director of Programs and Engagement, Kate Sandal. At the very centre of the purposeful business trend sits B Corp. It's the standard, the validation for organisations, large or small, to prove to themselves, their customers and their community that purpose lies at the heart of its practice, alongside, of course, its profit. But it's challenging, often long journey. Of the thousands of businesses all over the world that seek B Corp registration, only 40% attain the standard. This is where Charmin, Kate and B-Lab UK come in. They meet, advise and guide potential B Corp company teams as they seek this classification. And over the last four years, they've seen the purpose-driven business sector grow from strength to strength. I asked them what's next for them, for B Corp companies and for capitalism itself. Okay, hello, I'm Peter Sianovich, podcast host of Meaningful Business, and I'm joined today by Sharmian Love and Kate Sandal from B Corp Lab UK. Sharmian, welcome. Kate, welcome. Thank yes. you very much for joining me. Thank you. Um, why don't you introduce yourselves, first of all, and then a little bit of background about how you got into B Labs UK. Okay, well, why don't I start? Um, my name is Charmian Love, and I have the great privilege of working with an amazing team at B-Lab UK as the chair. Um, and uh, I was involved from the very beginning. Um, actually, I came into the B Corp movement because the company that I had co-founded here in London back in 2008 became the second company to certify as a B Corp here. Um, that was in 2012, 2013, I think. Mm. And I loved the process so much that I thought, that this was something that was really important um, to spend some time on. So along with another co-founder, uh, we decided to put some time into building up a community here in the UK. Great. Um, I'm Kate Sandal. I'm the Director of Programmes and Engagement at B-Lab UK. Um, and I joined, I usually say at the start, but not quite at the start because I joined post-launch, um, so around four years ago. Uh, and I was working in a completely different field, um, economic development in Israel and Palestine. Oh, wow. Um, but always with the belief that the private sector has the power to create change. And so found myself kind of as part of the, the post-launch team and have been there ever since. Now, I would say that you were absolutely around at the founding <laughs> of it. Because I remember you were on the dance floor when mm -hmm. we actually had our big, you know, official oh, yeah. launch in September. I so you've been the there from since the beginning, as far as <laughs> I believe. <laughs> so you both have been, from the very beginning, sort of ahead of that purposeful business trend in, in the sector. Could you just briefly describe what that means to you, what the term meaningful business or purposeful business means to you? Um, I think it's quite an interesting term and and for me every business has a purpose so um, regardless of what they're doing they're doing it and, and at the moment that term is being used specifically for probably mission-led businesses 
Um, and for me, that's about caring about your impact on, on people and planet. So that's either in the business that you have or your business model that you have or the way that you behave as a business. Um, and it's been quite an interesting term that's evolved probably over, especially increasingly used over the last kind of four years, probably since we launched. And it's very much into mainstream um, language at the moment, but it's the challenges for it not to be co-opted and used by everyone and then become meaningless. Absolutely. Sharmin, do you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I would. Um, you know, I think um, what's been interesting is to watch over the last sort of decade, even longer than a decade, how there's been a real um, movement growing. And I would say when I first came into the space, you know, social entrepreneurship was something that was sort of really exciting. And actually, um, the book that two of my co-founders um, of, of Olands wrote uh, was called um, The Power of Unreasonable People. And it was, again, this book that was talking about how unreasonable people were these social entrepreneurs that had the power to sort of build organizations that were delivering impact um, and, and had the potential to change markets. And so I think there's a really interesting evolution that's happened from, you know, this sort of focus on social entrepreneurship, which is still, you know, a huge important area of um, both academic research and programming and community development. And what's great is that within the term social entrepreneurship, I think we're seeing, you know, a lot of um, communities operating within that that definition, and I think we'll see we're seeing businesses, for example, for-profit businesses, um, and entrepreneurs that are starting businesses that want to have a positive impact, create positive externalities um, as as part of that sort of development and evolution of that sort of social entrepreneurship trend that began, I think, you know, over a decade um, and even longer ago than that. Um, B Corp really has tried to position itself as as the platform, the sort of institutional leader to not only um, facilitate change across sector, but also to help its B Corp founders um, have the change, be the change they want to be. So could you describe that journey and also where B, um, B Corp UK Labs fits in with that and how you sort of make sure that your founders um, gets the help that they need? Um, so there's, I suppose, lots of different points to, to pick up on there. Um, one is to probably just separate out the B Lab and the B Corp, which often people get very confused about. So. B Lab is the charity that rolls out the B Corporation movement. So there's no um, entity as such that's, that's B Corp, but businesses certify as a B Corp. Um, the other thing I think Shah will agree with me is that although some people might think that we're the ones kind of in the middle of, of the, the amazing storm that we're in now, actually there are so many organisations and people and businesses that have been working on this for a really long time. And we always say that we stand on the shoulders of giants when we're in this space. Um, and yes, we're part of it and we're really glad to be, you know, a global organisation working in this space. But there are so many other organisations also um, doing very similar things to us. Um, and we're all working in the same direction, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm. And I, maybe I'll just add to that, because I think um, what unites a lot of the different organisations that are out there is a sense that the traditional form of sort of capitalism um, is coming under question and, and actually to change that system. That's like climbing a really, really tall mountain. Um, and I think what we would say at B-Lab UK is that um, there are many roads for different organizations that have different structures, different motivations, different speeds and levels of urgency, many different ways to climb that mountain to, to get to this sort of new model capitalism. And, and our interest is in helping make sure every organization finds the route that's right for them. So the route to certifying as a B Corp might work, and might be the right route from, for, for some businesses. But as Kate said, there's many other routes up that mountain and our sort of intention is to just try and help people get up that road as fast as possible, share our tools, share whatever navigational maps that we have, 
you know, help point out where there's some, maybe some steep um, crevices to avoid, um, but generally just to help mm. everybody get up that mountain as fast Amazing. as possible. Could you go into more detail about that roadmap that you walk through um, your leaders with and, and how you make sure um, that they go on the right route? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the, the journey um, for all um, companies that have uh, an interest in certifying as a B Corp starts with the B Impact Assessment, which is a free tool and it's available online for anyone. And um, Kate, you'll know the numbers probably of how many people are using that tool um, that are what we like to think of on the journey towards becoming a B Corp. And it's global. And it's global. It's global. Um, so the tool itself is segmented so that you are you know, a, a big multinational company that's in a consumer goods business would not necessarily take the same assessment as a small you know, consultancy services business. So um, there is a way that you're sort of gated to make sure um, that you're on the right assessment based on what your business does, where it's located and what industry it works in. But otherwise, the range of questions are sort of very much aligned under the same categories, which is really about, um, you know, how your business, what the governance principles are within the business. Um, it's about how you're treating your workers, it's how you're engaging with your community. Um, and it's also then about the environmental footprint. That's sort of about how your business operates. And then, of course, there's questions about the business model you have. Um, and that really is sort of the idea of understanding as a business what the um, positive uh, externalities are, the positive impacts your business is creating for, for society and for the environment. So all of those questions are sort of a part of this uh, B Impact Assessment. And, and it, is, it is available. Um, so some people take it and they go through it with the intention of certifying as a B Corp. And I think others take it because they just want to improve how their business operates. And it might not be that they're going to be a B Corp immediately, but I think it's great as many businesses possible that have an ambition to to be on that journey. Mm. And so we have around 50,000 businesses globally who've uh, logged on to use our tool and we know that there's a vast majority of them will never certify for, for many different reasons but we want to provide that as a free tool for anyone to be able to use. So on your on your question on kind of the, the roads up the mountain actually providing that tool as a free resource is really key. So you'll have some businesses who, who want to certify and you know they're brilliant and they're the ones who are really leading the way and are very happy to put their their head against anyone else and say we want to be independently verified um, on our environmental and social performance we're willing to commit to transparency and accountability because every certified b corp has a has a kind of a profile on our site where we say what score they got in their assessment and what score they got in each section. So in community, environment, workers, Is that updated as the company grows? Yeah, so every three years you have to recertify and every three years our assessment changes. And so um, you'll never recertify on the same assessment. Um, and we change it because we realize that the world is changing and, and we have to keep updating it. Um, but we also need to keep encouraging our businesses to improve. So not only is it kind of measuring and managing, but it's also that progression as well. So. Uh, human nature to, to improve your score and increase from the, the score you got last time. But you have to get a minimum score of 80. Um, most businesses who go through the assessment probably end up with about 50 or 53. Um, but it's about out of 200. So we've... Um, wow. It, it really is an interesting... So 40%. Yeah, which sounds like a low pass mark, right? It does, actually. Which um, <laughs> is like, oh, it's your first at university. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you passed. Um, but really, it's a reflection of how far businesses have to go. 
So I think it's also probably important to, to mention that um, it's not just getting this 80 out of 200 on this online assessment, but that to certify as a B Corp, you actually have to take another really important step mm. on, that, on that journey. And, uh, and that's you actually have to amend your articles um, and, and you have to amend them to make it absolutely clear um, that your business decisions are about considering equally your shareholders as well as your stakeholders. And those stakeholders are your customers, your workers, your supply chain, um, and even future generations in by way of how you're thinking about your environmental footprint. So in addition to this assessment, which as Kate said, um, you have to go through and commit to doing every three years, um, I think this idea that you actually have to change your articles is a really important thing. Um, and I think it's something that really defines what our B Corp community is about. I mean, it's even beyond a change, it's a total transformation of an organizational company's position, ethos, uh, direction. Um, why would people want to do this? So that's a good question. Um, and increasingly, um, the conversation has changed. So when we first launched, a lot of it was around the business case. So, okay, yes, we, we understand it's, you know, it's important and, you know, but what's the impact on our bottom line? That conversation has changed and evolved. And a lot of people, it's, it's, it's not about that anymore. Like there's, if you don't understand your supply chain, if you're not looking at your workers and the way that you treat them, um, if you're not future-proofing your business for the future, then, then you're not going to be around in 10 years, right? So the conversation has got to be about how do I get to know my business as much as possible? Um, and that's going to enable to kind of open up lots of different conversations. But we've got um, reports for some B Corps who say, you know, the employee retention as a result and the um, attraction of great talent of certification has been amazing. So people in interviews always mention that they're a certified B Corp and that's what attracted them to them. Um, we have an it's amazing... almost a competitive differentiator. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, and there's lots of different reasons, I suppose. So you've got so the talent one is a really great one. Um, but you've also got attracting maybe the right investments, the people who are aligned with your way of thinking, and it's an easy way to signal what your what your preference is and the way you want to run your business. Um, you've got understanding kind of your operational costs and, and how much you're spending in different areas because you're going through and putting in that, that amount. You're also looking at the waste that you produce as well. Um, so inevitably you're starting to look at that and a lot of people start reducing it as a result. Um, but it's something that they might not have considered before or having good relationships with their supply chain. They may have never done a supplier survey, but strengthening that relationship with a supplier completely transforms the way that they might respond to you. Um, yeah. I, I, and I think um, all those are an amaz amazing reasons. And we, we keep on sort of, um, you know, trying to understand with different businesses, what's the, what, what did, why did they join? And again, what's the sort of value proposition mm. for them? And the one that I, I feel like I get really excited about is when they say they want to be a part of a tribe, you know, they want to be, um, alongside other fellow travelers, people that share their values and, and, and recognize that there is a change that is happening and, and they want to be sort of on the front of that change, really leading. And I think, you know, there's the role of these organizations themselves that have a really important sort of voice and, and they are signaling what that change looks like. But actually when they come together as a community um, and, and actually are sort of strength in numbers, if you will, um, I think that sort of sense of being amongst others that are um, equally um, driving this is um, is a really important part of the value proposition of being a part of the community. Wow. So you, you know, it's not just about facilitating more purpose within a business; it's about facilitating a community that get together to drive change. So is is that what you've seen 
Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I just, if I can just um, like expand on that a little bit, because I think it's a really important point and worthy of just a, a little bit of, um, of texture and color and flavor. And I'd love, you know, Kate to, to speak about this too, as someone who knows the community better than anyone else here in the UK. But um, let's be honest, like there, are, there's weird stuff happening in our world right now. Um, I think we know that there is a need for some really sorry, fundamental changes to the systems that have gotten us to where we are right now. Um, and I feel like it's not just one organization, or one individual, or you know, one sort of entity like B-Lab that's actually gonna be able to totally solve the problems that are out there. What we really need to get good at collectively is working together and figuring out how we build strength in numbers um, and join forces and become much more interdependent with one another. Um, so I think the B Corp community itself, actually, it is about bringing people together in order to be really strong um, resilient. and resilient. Absolutely, absolutely mm -hmm. resilient, um, but strong and mutually reinforcing. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it can be hard <laughs> to be out there um, doing things differently. Um, so being around others and others that are interested in building up this to become the new business norm, I mm -hmm. think, is a really important thing um, for systems change. Um, I, just to kind of add to that, I think the community has been one of the most interesting parts about this because sometimes you can look at this as just a certification, but actually the community for a lot of people provides a lot of the value. So they don't really need that external validation. In fact, they won't necessarily talk about it. Um, but what it is, is like-minded businesses and individuals who you know are just as committed to creating change as you are. And it means that you're able to kind of share best practice and policies and do business with other businesses that you... You don't have to do that due diligence necessarily because you know that they're in the right direction. And we have some amazing stories of, um, of businesses that have worked together that wouldn't necessarily have ever done so. Or businesses that are in a very similar market that are sharing their, their policies or their um, ways that they do things or swapping suppliers because they're all in it together and they want to create that change. Um, so we have a really vibrant community in the UK. They get together so we run kind of events every six to eight weeks we have usually an annual retreat where we take everyone just um away overnight um but this year we're doing a massive event in london where we're getting kind of our community but anyone interested in using business is a force for good to kind of come together and to to celebrate and to talk about what it means to really create change and what that role of business might be in the future it's, it's interesting five ten years ago this wouldn't have happened or if it would it be under csr corporate social responsibility which doesn't have the same sort of action plan that purpose-driven business has so my question is what is driving this evolution is it as you said Charmian we're in a bizarre time what with politics what with you know announcing climate emergency what with a host of other things that are sort of global on, on a scale um is it the millennials which is sort of they're blamed or caused for everything apparently, um, or is there something else? I mean, what 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 have you seen from um, people approaching you both um, to be part of this community? So I think it's a confluence of factors. I don't think we can say it's one thing. I think it's many things that are all happening at the same time. So it's exactly as you said. I think there's a growing recognition that things aren't working um, and they haven't been working. Um, and I think the, the signals around climate, um, around gr growing levels of inequality around the world. I mean it. 
the systems that are in place right now are, are again, I don't think going to get us where we collectively want to go if we want to meet, for example, the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So I think there is a recognition that we need to do things differently. And so people are kind of waking up to that and they're waking up and realizing that actually business can be an incredibly powerful force to driving some of that change. So I think that is a driver. As you say, I think millennials are a driver as well. I'm, I'm not one, so I feel like I can't comment on it really. But, uh, but again, I, 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 would, um, I, was, I would be hesitant to say it's this thing or the other thing or this thing over here, because actually I think it's the combination and the confluence in this like really like almost magical moment that we're living in right now where all these things seem to be happening together at once. So I think we have a very, very precious um, moment that we're living in right now that is why we're seeing an increased attention around these things. Are we are we making the most of that precious moment? Do you think are we capitalising? Excuse the pun on uh, on this. Um, I think there there's a, a significant change in awareness that's that's taking place from the conversations that people are having to the TV programs that are taking place um, to the change in the weather that we're constantly happening. So the next six months will be the most interesting time. Like the UK's declared a climate emergency. What does that really mean, and how is that going to translate into real change? And I'm, I'm, I hope that we are, I, I, we, we believe that we are because we're in this space and we're, you know, pedaling pretty fast, trying to keep up with the demands that we're seeing for, for certification and for businesses to start measuring their environmental and social performance. Um, but it, the, we need to get everyone in this together and it needs to be inclusive. So it can't just be kind of lots of people working in silos. Everyone needs to come together to have this joint conversation and for it not to be kind of co-opted by tokenism. Mm -hmm. and, and that's really key. That has to be backed up with different things. So if we're going to talk about a climate emergency, well, what are the real changes that you're going to make and how are you going to publicize them so people can hold you to account? And maybe that's a good place where we can talk about, you know, this other kind of cool thing that's happening right now in the B Corp movement. I'm looking at Kate, <laughs> if it's okay to talk yeah. about it. Because <laughs> I think um, in, in particular, as it relates to the climate emergency, I think there were a lot of B Corps that sort of felt really strongly um, about this. And so one of the things that we've been doing with a group, a working group um, within the B Corp community is actually putting together uh, a playbook on what it really would mean for a business to declare a climate emergency. And it's not something that is mandatory or anything like that in our B Corps, but we just wanted to be able to provide some resources for those that are interested um, and give people a chance to share what they're, what's happening and what are different practices that different businesses are taking. So um, we're in the midst of, I'd say, curating a range of inputs that have come from um, uh, you know, a group of B Corps that feel particularly strongly about this in the UK. Um, and we're pretty excited because I think it's going to be ready just mm -hmm. in the next week or two. Um, and, and we're excited to share it. And I, I think what we will um, set it up as being very much a, an evolving and quite dynamic document, which we hope will continue to be added to. But really it is to do what Kate has said, just provide um, some ideas on what it actually means in practice um, for those B Corps, but also maybe non-B Corps that are, are interested in, in engaging more deeply in, in the climate emergency. Um, these are quite big conversations we're having. We're talking about climate emergency. We don't know what that looks like in practice, but we know that it's a, it's a massive deal that we need to transform exactly everything we do from home to work to everything else. Um, we spoke, Charmin, earlier about you know, a post-capitalistic structure. Again, a massive step. Have you had much dialogue with the traditional business sector? You know, large corporations, bigger businesses, even traditional startups that don't see themselves as purely purpose about what that would mean for them. 
We have yeah conversations with with a lots a huge range of, of businesses who are interested in, in looking at this stuff. Um, and I don't think if you look at the the community of UK B Corps, you would say that they were all explicitly um, kind of naturally mission driven businesses. You've got Danone who have committed to certifying their whole wow. business by twenty thirty. Um, their fresh dairies, their Actimel, Oikos, Light and Free, um, are all certified in the UK. Um, you've got a lot of mainstream business. You've got a large advertising agency, Havas London, that is certified. So these conversations that, that potentially we might not have been having a couple of years ago are happening more and more. And we're obviously talking to a huge range of businesses, but we're not always at liberty to tell you who we're, who we're talking no, to. But um, there, there is a shift happening. And, and to your point around startups, I would be intrigued to meet lots of startups that are being created now who aren't already thinking about this in the way that they create their business. Um, we're seeing that from people logging on to use our assessment from the number of, we have kind of um, a pending B Corp um, certification to some extent, pending B, and you go through the assessment, you won't be able to get over 80 because you haven't been going for long enough to be able to answer the questions, but you do have to make that legal change that Shah was talking about earlier. Um, and that shows that you're embedding this practice from the get-go. So we're seeing a huge amount of interest for businesses to, to start embedding this right from the start. And that puts you on a good footing for building your business in the right way. Yeah, and I would say, I would say that um, any business that is, that is a B Corp that has gone through this quite comprehensive and quite robust process, I, I would say they would all be mission-led businesses because obviously to become a B Corp, I think you would have to have yeah. really showed um, that you have a mission and that mission is aligned with how you both operate and what your what your business is doing um, But I agree with Kate like it, it is super interesting to see businesses that haven't necessarily been traditionally necessarily part of the conversations that have been happening in sort of the social the um, You know quite a, quite explicit impact spaces starting to come in um, and, and I think they are doing that because of the reasons we talked about why business want to certify so large corporations can retroactively turn purposeful with the right impetus and with the right help. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. No. I, I. When we have some examples of them, I mean, I it wouldn't. I wouldn't um, say that it's an easy process to go through. But let's be honest. Like certifying as a B Corp is not easy, and and we don't. We we sort of celebrate the fact that it's not easy because it's meant to be hard. Like it is. Um, meant to sort of really showcase leaders that are doing extraordinary things. Um, but yes, if uh, a business is able to change its articles, um, and, and I should say that for big businesses, that can be a more complicated process, Longer especially if you're publicly too. traded. And, you know, it, 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 it depends on your shareholder agreements that you have in place and without getting too technical. I mean, oftentimes in order to change your articles, you have to have a super majority um, commitment from your shareholders to do that. So you can imagine sort of big companies that have a more complex group of shareholders that can be a process to go through. So I guess what I want to say is, is we, we, we don't, um, we don't sort of turn people away who want to go on the journey, but it is not to be seen as a, an easy necessarily mm -hmm. journey. Um, you know, we absolutely see the ability of big companies to become B Corps. Um, but one of the things that's really important is that there's no way we would dilute the integrity of what the certification means um, and that process of making sure um, things the, the whole process is meaningful um, is is critically important as sort of a range a larger range of companies become more interested in what becoming a B Corp is about. Interesting and I suppose as Sean was saying the different challenges for different organizations performing 
uh, purpose um, mm-hmm. can be different. Is that yes. that's in your experience? I've seen, I've seen two things. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's a it's an interesting process to go through, and it takes a huge amount of commitment. And um, as a business, you have to be you know pretty authentic about it. Um, and as Shah was saying, like you can't just commit to doing this and then and then it's done. Like it has to you have to go through every single part of your business. Every single department needs to get involved. Um, and you have to do that you know it can't just be a decision that's made kind of at the top it has to also come from the bottom and you have to engage all of your staff and all of your team when you're when you're deciding to go on this journey which means looking at things from a different perspective measuring things you've never measured before um, and embedding that into who you are and how you communicate as well so um, whether that's internally and externally you can't just suddenly start changing the way you're communicating and everything else will follow it has to be kind of a joined up process because everything in a business is interdependent of each other right so there has to be a coordinated effort to integrate it interesting i mean we've touched upon this a couple of times over the last 20 minutes um but your key insights for anybody looking to get into this i mean what would your top three be sure i mean i'll start with you mm. uh, and this could be anything this could be a uh, sort of a insight from an organization perspective or it could be just like a personality personality trait I should say as somebody. Yeah, okay, so I think the first one I would say is that change is happening. When we actually launched um, in, in September of 2015, our invitation was change is coming. It was kind of like this mysterious yeah. thing, like come to Kendon. Like Game Kendon. of Thrones, winter yeah. is coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> change is coming. Well, I hadn't thought about the Game of Thrones yeah. connection. Change is coming, but I think, um, I, I certainly don't think change is coming anymore. I think change is happening. And we're experiencing it every single day. We can see it, we can hear it, we can smell it, you know, you can taste it, the amount of change that's happening. So I think that's insight number one, it's happening. Um, Insight number two is it's happening fast. And I think that we are gonna see an increase in attention that's being paid to this sector that's gonna keep on rising um, because the time is now um, to really figure out and, and push forward on the role of business and society under a different paradigm than it has been in the past. And I, I feel very strongly that this is the moment where we can really question the shareholder premacy doctrine that has kind of guided us to where we are now. And I think B Corps are, um, we're going to use the uh, Game of Thrones, their vanguard <laughs> of what that change could look like. Um, and the third thing that I would say is that um, it's how we do it. And um, I think there's, Um, there's a a lot of weird stuff going out there, Um, but I think one of the things that I love about the B Corp movement is the joy, the fun, the positivity, the energy that's within this community. And actually one of our B Corps, Toast Ale, has an awesome sort of tagline that they use. Mm. Actually, I think they've got a button even, but it says, um, if you want to change the world, you got to throw a better party than the people that are trying to destroy it. And I think one of the things we really embrace as a key principle is we want to do this. We want to change the world. And we're going to have a lot of fun while doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Throwing parties is, is essential. <laughs> um, so my, my three insights, um, kind of building on Shah's kind of changes happening. It's, um, it's not really why anymore. It's just how you do it, um, which I think is really key. Um, and that this is for all businesses. It's not just for for kind of businesses who are really explicit um, in trying to kind of tackle a social environmental need, but everyone can do this, no matter what size you are, no matter what sector. Um, and that's, I think, quite essential. And then the third is, gosh, that's an interesting one. The third would be, um, yeah, I don't know, actually, what the third would be. 
Is, is there been a standard individual that you've seen come across? Was it, is it has it been very varied, like people all over the world who are coming to you for yeah. advice, for learning, for the opportunity to, to be part of the B Corps community? Yeah, it really, there really is a cross section. Like it's not, um, there isn't one type of person, or you know, it's people who people come at this from totally different directions, right? Everyone wants to certify. But there might be lots of different reasons. So they might be because they want an external validation. It might be because they want to be part of like the best community in town. I'm totally biased. <laughs> um, or it might be because they they believe and know that capitalism is broken and they want to come together with like-minded individuals who want to lead the change. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, it's it really is about being as inclusive as possible. I think maybe that's it. You know, this is for everyone. Um, Fantastic. And I think as a sort of a closing um, comment, it'd be interesting to also hear your individual thoughts about what is going on in the world and what is re- what you're passionate about individually outside of Equal. So uh, whether it's environmentalism, whether it's, you know, uh, gender rights, whether it's anything sort of uh, particularly UNSG focus. Um, I mean, what, what, Simon, we'll start with you again. What's your passion driver I suppose um, I think I've got two right now if I'm honest um, one of them is about this idea of how we work collectively with others and so one of the projects that I'm um, I mean I'm working on right now is called the movement of movements so it's this idea of how do we bring together a range of different movement organizations that all have a similar view of the systems change that wants to happen and how might we create the conditions where we can find ways to collaborate quite practically and directly on, on projects together. So I'm, I'm really interested in, in how, do we, how do we find ways to harness the collective um, of, you know, of course, our B Corp community, but also thinking about all the other communities that are out there that have a, a similar ambition. Uh, so that's number one. And, and number two, I've become really interested in the circular economy concept. Um, I think we really need to look at ways of accelerating um, a transition to a system where business models and business strategies are not dependent nor fueled on finite resources. Is that linked to New Zealand's um, new legislation? Um, it, 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 of course, it, it is. Um, I, I'd say that I think, from my understanding, the New Zealand um, legislation is about well-being and looking at things that are beyond um, just sort of traditional GDP. growth factors. Yes. So I think well-being is an important part of that. Um, I think Jacinda's uh, prime the prime minister has had some really wonderful sort of expressions to really sort of signal that this is a transition in terms of how um, New Zealand is thinking about growth and, and what... And that's a major deal. This is the entire country we're talking about, not like, yeah. you know, not an organisation or a startup. Yeah. It's, it's an entire way of uh, participating in the global like, economy. Absolutely. But I, so for me, I'm really interested in this idea of, um, of business models and business strategies. And I think the circular economy is, is quite interesting because it is looking at how we can consider new ways of growth, but in a way that is decoupled um, from the really precious finite resources we have on this planet. And so for me, that kind of also fits in with the climate emergency, because ultimately, I think there is a need to really deeply consider um, not just how we operate as businesses, but what our businesses are doing. Like, what is the business model itself? So, yeah, those are the two areas that I'm kind of really interested in and and, and working with young people, um, because I think young people are fired up and they give me a lot of energy. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing. 
Kate, what are your, your tea? Yeah, well, um, kind of picking up on the, the kind of climate emergency that, that we're in, I think there's been a real disconnect in a lot of the narrative that's happened. And, and one of the things that um, I'm really interested in is, is becoming that bridge. So how do we bring everyone with us? So when people are um, quite dismissive of the people that are protesting, say with Extinction Rebellion or the school strikes, um, how do we ensure that they understand um, and they see the, the importance of those actions and how do we bring everyone with us rather than excluding them, and which I think has got us into quite a few challenging situations that we see in our, in our politics at the moment. So that's definitely um, one area. And then um, inequality and inclusiveness kind of building on that. So how do we ensure that the way that we're creating change is for everyone? Um, and we are um, reaching out to sectors, sizes, kind of, different sizes of businesses and populations that are often excluded from this conversation. So we need to bring everyone with us um, instead of leaving people behind, which we often do in the past. Excellent. Well, Shami and Kate, thank you both very much for joining me on the podcast. It's amazing to have your insights uh, and your insights into the direction of, of where B Labs is going as well. So thank you very much. Great. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.